This is Bigger Pockets Daily, and this Tuesday, like every other single day, I'm going to read you an article to make you a better real estate investor. The article comes from biggerpockets.com blog, but you're busy, so we give you the information in audio form too. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com biggerpockets. Keeping the Lending Cake Upright How the Lending Industry's Liquidity Crisis is Affecting Investors By Ryan Herding Recently, when the Fed raised interest rates again, my company, an institutional real estate investment lender in the private lending community, was bombarded with calls from investors saying, My lender suspended me for 45 days. They are waiting to see if Wall Street starts buying again. How can that happen? Rising interest rates are forcing everyone across the real estate investing lending spectrum to make quick adjustments. In this case, Wall Street banks, which purchase loans from lenders like us, who loan to investors like you, suddenly stopped buying those loans. This caused interruptions for some retail lenders who did not have enough of their own liquidity to continue funding. Some discontinued funding temporarily, and others did so permanently. This, in turn created a liquidity crisis for some real estate investors. So this is just one example of a lending industry in flux and its impact on borrowers. If you are an investor looking to ensure continuity in your project's financing, it's to your benefit to understand how money flows in the lending industry and what is taking place behind the scenes right now. The lending industry can be described like a cake. I'm a lender, not a baker, but... I will use the analogy of a three-layer cake to explain how money flows in our industry. The whole cake represents the institutional private lending industry. The cake's three layers provide liquidity amongst themselves while minimizing the risk within the cake. 
Layer number one, the top, sovereign wealth, insurance money, large pension funds, endowments, overseas investors, and REITs, real estate investment trusts such as MFA Financial Incorporated and Two Harbors Investment Corporation. Layer number two is the middle, private equity, Wall Street banks, and hedge fund companies such as Blackstone, Nomura, and KKR. Layer number three, the bottom, loan originators, like us, for retail investors, like many of you. When these layers function fluidly, everyone benefits. However, a disruption in one layer affects them all. When that happens, you, the investor, may not get your piece of funding to complete your project. If you do, it may not be at the interest rate you anticipated. How the layers function. Layer number three, loan originators, us, lending money to you, investors. We typically sell your loan to layer number two, which provides us with cash flow to continue lending. For assorted reasons, some of us carry some loans on our books. Smaller lenders cannot do this for long without running out of money. Layer number two, these companies are aggregators of all types of investments, including real estate whole loans. They buy high volumes of investments with billions in buying capacity from layer number three, bundle them together into securities, and sell them to layer number one as instruments. Layer number one, Layer number one company's primary job is to put money to work by investing in various asset classes. They analyze the projected return of each class daily to determine where to put their next dollar. Layer number one tends to have lower return hurdles and longer time horizons on these investments, so they can buy the securities from layer number two at lower interest rates or price points. Codependency Interest Rates As the cost of money interest rates rises, it affects all three layers, and each must adjust its return parameters. With inflation hovering around 9% and interest rates rising across all asset classes, asset managers in layer number one continually review each class to find the best risk-adjusted returns available. The risk-adjusted return is the return on capital one gets for the perceived risk in the investment. They review factors such as treasury rates to determine how much premium they will receive for that investment over those treasury rates. Layer number two, which also manages risk across many asset classes, can no longer buy whole loans from layer number three at lower rates due to increased financing costs from their lending partners, typically big banks, and lower demand from layer number one for the securitizations at current coupon rates. So, Layer number two raises their pass-through rate, or buy rate, to layer number three, which must then increase the rate to their investor borrowers to make their spread. The layers have a liquidity crisis. Since layer number one drives a lot of the demand, liquidity, there is a traffic jam of loans on layers number two and number three as demand has waned. Layer number two's balance sheets are overflowing with previously purchased lower interest rate loans. Because layer number one now expects a higher interest rate, layer number two is slowing down the securitization process. Layer number three lenders also have loans they cannot sell. If their balance sheet is large enough, they can carry those loans until liquidity returns. If not, they may need to halt investor draws, stop lending temporarily, or even close their doors. This overall situation is causing delays in closings, lenders to just disappear, reputable lenders to tighten their borrower pools, and loan brokers to fall behind, 
as lenders fund their preferred clients. As you may have already experienced firsthand, all of this is trickling down to you, the investor, in the form of higher rates, less loan security, and fewer loan options. The cake flops, or does it? Will this cake flop? We don't think so. At some point, layer number two's ability to start securitizing loans will turn back on. But no one knows when that will happen. And in the meantime, a lot of lenders could be in limbo. How to have your cake and eat it, too. Yummy. (laughs) Here are some things you can do to make sure your next project gets funded and stays funded. Number one, build strong relationships with reputable lenders. Number two, talk with your lender. Be aware that not all lenders go through the layer number two securitization process, including hard money lenders, private money lenders, funding from 401ks and IRAs. And some lenders with finite funding capacities of $10 to $100 million (laughs) that keep all their loans on their balance sheets. Number three, underwrite your deal numbers accounting for interest rate volatility. We don't know what impact the upcoming market and interest rate changes will have on lending. So as an investor, the best thing you can do to mitigate the uncertainty is to work with a lender who knows their stuff and has the resources to have your back. Hope you enjoyed hearing that perspective. Before you go, are you interested in getting your personal finances in order? Then check out the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, hosted by Scott Trench and Mindy Jensen. To learn how to save for big-time investments and launch yourself toward the life of your dreams. I'm Tyler, and I can guarantee you, I'll be right back here tomorrow.